My name is Andy. I help people live life on purpose. This podcast explores the mystery, beauty, and complexity of life through conversations with an array of incredible practitioners, all of them working at the edge of what's possible for humanity. This is a place for big dreams, bold creativity, and fierce hope. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. If you're inspired by this conversation and you'd like to see it reach more people, you can help the Wonder Dome take flight by sharing it with friends and colleagues, subscribing, giving us a high star rating, and best of all, leaving a glowing review. If you'd like to go even further, consider becoming a monthly supporter. You'll help me keep the lights on and support a wide range of charitable causes. You can learn more at mindfulcreative.coach. Thanks in advance for helping us inspire the world. My guest today is Christina Frey, creator of the Innate Marketing Genius Program. I met Christina through a mutual friend of ours and what I thought was going to be a perfectly enjoyable coffee conversation turned into an inspiring and arguably transformative relationship. Christina instantly tuned in to what it was I was doing in the world or attempting to bring about in the world. And in the same way, I felt a kinship with her. This was not simply a human who knew a lot about marketing. And that's certainly someone that she is. She's a graduate of Wellesley College. She's worked as a media buyer, account executive, uh, marketing manager at some really big name companies. But she's also, and this really comes through in her work, a deeply attuned, spiritual, and creative soul who soon recognized that it wasn't about the right strategy or the right result. It was about being as generous and authentic as you can so that people who need whatever it is you have to offer can find their way to you. And so our conversation today almost isn't touch on marketing. I mean, it's there in the background, but what's really in the foreground is this practice Christina developed, the generosity practice. And it's an approach to meditation that Those of you who are perhaps familiar with styles of meditation like metta or loving kindness meditation, you might hear some similarities. But she builds on that foundation in incredibly generative and creative ways. And I've been practicing the generosity practice for at least six months now. And it is so inspiring and fun and helps me meet every day with more playfulness and creativity. So I hope you dig this conversation with Christina. She's a really special human being. And if you stick around to the end, she'll actually lead us through a guided meditation rooted in one of the elements of her generosity practice. So let's get settled in and hear what Christina has for us. Good morning, Christina. (laughs) Good morning, Andy. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. Oh, there's Sammy. Hey, dog. Sammy. Good morning, Sammy. <laughs> He'll be welcome to join us at any point throughout the conversation. So I was just uh, reflecting right before we started recording on how, I was like, how do we first meet? And our dear friend, Sarah McBurney, introduced us. I did my yoga teacher training with Sarah, which, by the way, just like fun fact, was co-taught by my wife. So cool to see her and her element uh, and to sort of be a student of my partner like that. Anyways, here we are sitting in a cafe, 
and and in walks this 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 silver this tall silver-haired person who sits across from me and and the frame up was like hey Andy I have a friend Christina who who does really cool marketing work and you should connect I just think you two would 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 make a good connection all right I trust Sarah you know I don't really need any I don't think I need any marketing help right now but I'll, I'll Christina sounds like good people and and then like Within five minutes, we're talking about um, about human development and spirituality and uh, and where influence and and inner power comes from. And I was like, "Wait, you're a marketing person?" Like, and no disparaging. Like, I know lots of really smart, talented people who help other other people help their businesses soar. Like, it's a beautiful gift to know how to to distill what someone's essence is and communicate it in a way that's accessible. And you definitely have that gift, but your approach to it is so uniquely you and, and, and pulls from really deep depths. And I just got that hit within five minutes. I want to work with this person. So I don't know if Sarah had that in mind when she introduced us, but I'm really glad that she did. And, and uh, yeah, I'm still Six six plus months later, there are still insights that come through for me from the kind of explorations we did together. So I just really want to say thank you for that. And I'm so psyched to share a bit of that magic with anyone who listens in. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. So I want to, I wonder if we could start with kind of teasing out that thread a little bit more. Um, I know that right now, because we, we still cross paths quite a bit and and I have a kind of a bit of a finger on the pulse of what you're up to that, like you're just on fire with producing guided meditations and you're working on an online course. And like, you're, you've got this wonderful practice called the gen- generosity practice that you teach to all your clients. Like just how are you, how does, how does the sort of generic word marketing and all of the work that you do, how is that alive for you right now? Like, what's the thing that you want to, if you wanted to start to share a bit more about how, you show up around this stuff, where would you start right now? Yeah. So uh, I would say that what's really up for me these days is helping like people who have a heart for service, right? How do you take that and put it into messaging and strategy decisions? So as I'm developing this online course, I'm going to be honest, like figuring out how to translate my one-on-one work into an online format, it is a good old challenge, right? Like I have to have faith that I can actually let go and allow someone to watch a webinar and get all that they would in a one-on-one session with me. And so I'm all about like, how do I keep things human? Like that's how what I help people do is how do I keep things human and authentic and connecting? And here I am, you know, doing it in an online format, which I've had a long belief that that's just not going to work, but I'm going to give it a fair shot. (laughs) So Mm. the bar is very, very high on how good it needs to be and how connecting it needs to be. So some of the language that has come through for me in doing this is that each trusted advisor that I've ever worked with really cares about their clients. They deeply care about their clients. Like they show up consistently they have that care, they are devoted, right? They're just devoted. And so the question I always like to ask is, how can you bring all of that into the wider community that's going to hire you, 
right? Mm. How can you show the consistency, care, and devotion? So that's the language that's really come through for me Mm. in developing this um, online program. And believe me, I wrote it all out, hours and hours and hours of work. And then I realized, yeah, there's a better way to talk about this. And it was those three words, consistency, care, devotion. And so I actually, those three words, like I had to rewrite the whole thing. And I've been, (laughs) you know, just doing everything over again. And yeah, so I would say... That is alive for me. How can a trusted advisor, like a life coach, a real estate agent, a financial um, advisor, how can they take the care that they offer their clients and put that in their communication to their wider community that will Mm. hire them? Mm. Yeah, I love it. And there's a nice lesson in there, by the way, for anyone who has any kind of creative project cooking there's just a there's just the value and and starting with what you've got and letting that lead you towards what you really need to share right like you didn't have those three words when you wrote everything out you spent hours and hours but that wasn't a waste of time right like that was actually exactly the work you needed to do to get to the level to that simplicity and elegance right yeah i would love to speak to that because um something you know, I have training, like energetic awareness training from a place out in California called the Berkeley Psychic Institute. And I was raised Catholic. That was the last place I thought I would end up. <laughs> <laughs> but it allowed me to learn how to be grounded and calm when I'm a very sensitive, like I'm just sensitive to other energies. And mm. um, this gave me clarity about who I am, what matters to me, and creative confidence. And one of the things that we did all the time is create and destroy create and destroy, create and destroy. And that process, like we actually had visual tools to get at that, right? You would imagine something and then you would let it go. Imagine it, let it go. And it was like this real rigorous practice. And some people have a really hard time with it. And there are times I did too. But what it let me come to is every time I create something, it it's more important for me to get to the essence. And it's okay for me to just do something and then totally throw it in the garbage because first of all, I'm used to it. And second of all, I know it's taking me to the core essence of what I need to create and nothing is wasted. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yes. I love that. The, um, the sort of thing that comes up for me as you share that, that idea of, of creation hidden within creation is really an act of destruction or an act of letting go that there's, like that's the sort of the nature of the universe, right? If everything was perfectly balanced, there'd just be static. And so there's this sort of way in which as things are coming apart, we can see new possibilities emerging from them and then build those. And at some point a year from now or two years from now, you'll probably have one word or you might have three new words or you'll have a whole nother set of teachings that sit nicely alongside the teaching that you're working on now. Uh, and that that simply can't happen if we stop at the first step and go, I'm not just, it's not right yet. So I'm going to just, I'm just not going to do it. Right. Like I just sense that a lot of us, whether it's in creative work or entrepreneurial work, or even in this effort of really sharing our compassion and our devotion and our consistency, what were the three words, devotion, consistency, and care, care. Yeah. Like to, to figure out how to share that in language it's a wonderful invitation you're offering people and it just takes iterations, right? I, I imagine that most of your clients don't, 
hear you say that and go like, okay, we have one we're at the end of the hour. They're like, got it. I'm at my whole, here's everything I need to do on my website or here's everything I need to do in my, in my work to capture that. Right. Like I, that's a process of ongoing discovery. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, um, I mean, it sounds like you've got some really great uh, visualization and energetic practices to help you stay the course when you're faced with a really big project, like taking everything you do as a one-on-one human and putting it into an online vessel, huge project, right? And ton of work. And you're just kind of staying the course and it sounds like you're having fun with it. Not everyone, that can often be really overwhelming to people. And I wonder how you help people sort of stay grounded in the process or stay excited about the process or sort of stay alive to the possibilities, even when it's sort of messy and things are kind of, they're in the kind of falling apart, not working part of the creative process. Yeah. Well, one of the things I want to speak to is, um, Hey, we're going through an election cycle. Hey, we're going Mm. in, we're in a pandemic. There's a lot of things that, I mean, a lot of people are dealing with how to do school this year. So there's Mm. just all these added things and, um, you know, it connected to, getting out there and possibly being rejected, there's that stress too. So there's just like layers of challenge and stress with growing a business and also being a human in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I personally have gotten very serious and devoted about self-care. Like it's like a non-negotiable. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know, you probably have been through that too, right? It's like, wow, I can't function unless I sit down for five minutes and just breathe. So, um, and that's having the compassion to just admit that um, I think is really, I think it's a really big thing right now. Mm. Like, can we have the compassion for ourselves to do that? Now, what I do with my clients, because this is part of my daily routine and has been for the last six years is I walk them through um, the generosity practice work. Mm. What mm. And, and the reason, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that, but when I have offered it to entrepreneurs in the past and particularly on like when I was just getting out there and starting to teach this, and these were entrepreneurs that were, you know, some of them had teams that they were managing. Some of them mm. really were at the front end of a new adventure and completely overwhelmed with what was in front of them. Um, you know, they all had their own challenges. And when they did this work, they said to me every single time they felt grounded and expanded, grounded and connected, grounded and safe in their bodies, but also ready to get out there and make people's lives better. And I mean, there are like 21 things that happen when you do this practice. Like I've actually kept a running log about like all the effects and I could go on a big, you know, sales spiel about how great it is. But those two things, the grounding and yet I'm connected and generous, Mm. Mm. those are really common um, impacts. Yeah, I love that. And I, and, and for those listening in, I, Christina has taught me the generosity practice. It, it weaves really nicely into some of the other meditative and mindfulness and heartfulness work that I already do and amplifies it. And I can totally speak to that. There is a, I think a lot of people have this idea about meditation and and that's not an accident because this is how some people teach meditation that it is about kind of, um, 
disciplining yourself or disciplining your mind to behave a certain way. And um, we could get into a whole debate about that, but I just suffice it to say that in this moment, what you invite people into is less a, a practice of like, I have to, oh, there's my quote unquote monkey mind again. Ah, oh, why can't I get grounded? Like it's a much less, first of all, it's a much less stressful way to engage with stress management. Like it's a much more generative way. And then the kind of paradox is that you're helping people get connected to what to themselves and to life and then orient towards towards someone they care about or towards their clients or towards the community or towards the world like it's that sort of like center in self and then center and then recenter or decenter out in something greater that actually has this paradoxical effect of really helping you stay grounded in yourself and then from there that expansiveness you describe as possible that sense of like ease of possibility of creativity it's just a really it just works so as sort of like there's or anyone listen like client testimonial like it just fucking works it's a really different way into mindfulness so even if you're someone who's like tried to meditate this is like okay this is different this is not your typical approach to meditation and i wonder if you could say a bit does that resonate with you that distinction i'm making between sort of quote unquote, traditional meditation and what you're doing. And, yes. and, and um, is that and important? I, I've thought about this quite a bit. So I, I'd love to share with you um, a distinction that I've made around mm. where this fits in to all meditation, all personal development, stuff like that. So I've, I've distinguished three important modes, like ways of being um, as humans that relate to this work. So the first one is what I call the productive robot. <laughs> and that's where you're pretty much in doing mode. We all go there every day. Like it's, it's, it's just how we operate. And then at some point there's usually burnout if we do that too long and don't really have any regard for ourselves and our needs. So then we go into um, the second mode, which is personal sanctuary. So it's like, we need to like, you know, batten down the hatches, close the doors and go within and just get curious about like, well, who am I? What are my needs? Do I need a massage right now? <laughs> like, yes, yes. <laughs> right? Like, where's the kale that I probably should be eating? Um, <laughs> and so that's a very key and important phase. And my sense is that most meditation sits right in there because mm. if you can take a moment and, and I mean, I guess discipline is a good word, right? So come into a practice of learning how to focus your attention. Like that absolutely is huge. And also to find out what it's like to come in between your thoughts, right? And not let your mind take over. So that's in there too. That's very nourishing. What I also noticed about that is as nourishing as all of that is, it also has a little underbelly to it, which is Sometimes when you're so focused on taking care of yourself, then you go out into your life, your family, your work, um, community, it feels like you're getting punched in the face energetically mm. <laughs> and you just want to go back and do your yoga. <laughs> I've definitely felt that way. Um, so then there's the third mode and the third mode is what I call everybody wins. So mm. what if you could actually line up that wonderful self-care personal sanctuary stuff with how you are in service to pretty much everybody, right? Like mm. you just get those things together such that when you open your eyes and you go out into the world, you just can't wait 
to go and help. And there's just tons of energy and really the, the, the big question there's, I mean, I do training around this and there's ways there's subtleties, but I will just share with you that there is a, um, an operating question behind all of this, which is what feels good to offer to life today? That is the big question. Mm. What feels good to offer to life today? And what's a little bit, I don't know, like a little sneaky about that question is that it's, it really needs to feel good because if it doesn't feel good, then you're going to start operating from a martyr um, standpoint, which then leads to exhaustion, which leads to bitterness. Like it's just not sustainable. And, um, and sometimes it's really challenging to come up with it. Like that's where it becomes a creative process. Like you have to visualize what would feel good. And you also, it's really helpful if you can just let yourself be surprised, right? Like whatever comes in when you ask that question, you know, you don't always know the answer to that, right? Like it's just really, that's what makes it an adventure. Um, It opens you up, but again, every single time it grounds you because now you're like, okay, I can't wait to offer this. I mean, I don't even know how to explain that. Someday I'll have, you know, I'll go to the heart math Institute in California and have them like test a bunch of people and see, oh yeah, their heart, you know, is really in a stable, strong place when they do this practice. Yeah. Like someday we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm absolutely sure that 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 they would just if for people who are really connecting to the practice, there would be physiological markers, you know, brainwave brainwave shifts, you know, the sort of shift in the nervous system, the the electrochemical and the and electromagnetic fields that we all sort of have, like just all of that stuff is gonna, I'm sure there'll be be shifts if there's the capacity to measure it. Cause I, I've felt it. And that quite, like, I really want to underline your point around what feels good to offer as opposed to what should I offer? What do I need to offer? What's the right thing to offer? Like all of those are sort of, are sort of productive robot questions sort of smuggled into, to this, this space. Right. And we all have downloaded this this some version of the code of of our society, which is a hyper productive, hyper output oriented society to almost instantly shift from like, Ooh, this feels good for me to like, Ooh, I need to, or I should, or I'm supposed to, or how do I make money off of, or like, there's all these ways in which it sort of gets that energy can get co-opted and, and commodified. Here's just, another challenge I see in there. There's a belief that if it does feel good, it's selfish. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just selfish. Like if you actually enjoy doing what you're doing, helping other people, it's this weird underbelly belief. It's like, wow, this is so fun. There must be something wrong with it. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. That that if I'm having this much fun, I must not be working hard enough, or I must, I must be wasting my time or I, yeah, there's something. And, and what, a, and like, what a sad state of affairs we've created for ourselves that, that that's the kind of one of the collective memes or ideas that we all kind of sort of subtly believe that, that we, if we're having too much fun, we must not be working hard enough or something. I mean, I, I am just so excited. This is what makes me really jazzed about this because yes, those ways of being are pretty prevalent and insidious, right? Like either you're grinding yourself down into nothing and like you're face planting from exhaustion <laughs> or, you know, you're, I don't know, like either you're, you're maybe the, 
Instagram influencer that it's like, it's all about me. That's kind of the extreme mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, look at me. I'm so great. Like those are the only people who are comfortable having fun and being out there with their audience and stuff like that. So there's, and then there's this, you know, this everybody wins station. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just want anyone out there to just experience. I know that every human has experienced it, right? You just, but putting a label on it and then bottling it, right? Or just like devoting yourself to a practice around it. It's like, guess what? This could be a muscle that you train so that every time you're out there talking to new people, you are undaunted and you're really just excited to, even if they don't want to work with you, um, and you're rejected and you get tons of no's, you just don't care because if you're on an everybody wins channel, um, you know that there's going to be people that are yeah. going to work with you. You're yeah. just unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's this wonderful, like energetically, everyone you meet, whether or not they are people who you end up working with, like you're just you're just, you just don't have an agenda for them anymore. You're just not trying to like tell them how they should live their life or like I'm better than them because I meditate every day or like whatever the sort of egoic or, or part of us that needs to feel really good by, by making sure we win because other people lose, right? Like whatever that part of us that really gets amplified in our society, this practice is sort of inviting us to say, no, actually that zero sum game where there's winners and losers is part of the big problem. And that the, and that, and that life is rich enough and abundant enough and full enough that we could truly build a society. We really could where everybody wins or as many people win as often as possible. And to just sort of be, to have that in your body, when you, when you talk to someone, it's like, if they say no, then you're like, Oh, awesome. That means like, that means actually I'm helping them make a better decision for themselves. They're winning by saying no. I just helped that happen. And that means I now have space for the person who's going to say yes. Because it's sort of like there's this, this kind of this catch 22, by the way, for anyone who has a, like a service-based business. If a client says yes, and, and they're actually not quite the right fit, you've actually can't quite help them meet their real need then that's a lot of extra energy and work for both you and that person. Whereas like, if you get the, if you, cr- if you create the client, who's like, boom, hell yes, this is awesome. And you're a hell yes. Like there's just flow. Well, and there's, and there's another piece to that. Um, the other thing that happens when you connect yourself and I'm going to talk a little bit in woo woo language. So come on with me. I promise. Well, too, I'll too, I invested to go on for the ride here. Yeah. <laughs> so what I find is when you hook in, to what you want to offer to life, to people, to your community, right? Just when you close your eyes and you can just be with a gift you truly, truly feel aligned with to offer, you are now connected into a bigger flow. This is why it's a practice because you're not just going to get into the big flow of awesome on day one, right? You will enjoy it, I'm sure, but it takes a while to be like, oh, is that really the gift for me today? Or is this one? It's that discernment process where you're like, oh my gosh, that, that one thing. And that's kind of the highest level of the practice is the ability to just know in the deepest part of yourself. So when you're in that big yes flow of life, like let's call it universal flow, right? Now you're hooking in and it's not just about your 
what you want, your needs. Now you're kind of in service to the whole wide world. And when you do that and somebody says, I'm not sure we're really, you know, we're really a fit and I'm not really ready for this work. Here's the thing that I've noticed is that when people are in a bigger flow with the whole wide world, their their intuition is really heightened. Hmm. And they might be like get sensing, hmm, I think their mind right now is coming up with all these resistances, but they don't actually mean what they're saying. So hmm. maybe you pick up on that or hmm. you pick up on what you said, Andy. Um, they're saying yes, but I'm getting like, all kinds of no intuitively. Like this is just not a good partnership. So I would say on, I think it all relates to that. I'm okay with being rejected because honestly, all I care about when I'm in that bigger flow is aligning with the right people. And yes, there might be objections, but I'm probably not going to take them as personally. And I'm going to keep open and ask the right questions to really make sure that, okay, are you, you know, how can I empower you to make a good decision to work with me or not to work with me? How can I really, yeah. And just help you make the best decision ever. Yeah. Yeah. And what a gift, like that's an everybody wins. What a win. Like if they make the best decision ever, whatever it is, that's awesome for them and for you and for anyone else that they touch and for anyone else that you touch. And you have the inner fortitude. This is something I've noticed about, I don't know, like the way that America is operating right now. Like just the underbelly of America, I'm just going to completely broad brush for a moment, is we know what we're doing. We're the best. We're just going to come in and solve all the problems, right? That stance stops you from getting new data. I need to understand. I need to ask questions. I need to stay open. I need to really just figure this out. And when we get into that, everybody wins universal flow, good juju place. Guess what we have? We have like the stamina to stay open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I've never seen a time where it's more important to have that kind of stamina. (laughs) Yes. Yes. To, to deeply listen to someone else regardless of whatever beliefs they inherited or regardless of where they were born or what they say they care about, like to just really hear someone else, which by the way, is an incredibly generous and healing practice for both the listener and the person who's being listened to. Right. And, and so there's sort of, that gets really down into the care piece that I think is one of your, and maybe actually even the devotion piece. Like I am devoted to whatever my big mission purpose is. And one of the ways I express that devotion is by really caring for this person who's right in front of me right now. And this may be the last time I ever talk to them. We may only have this one hour together, but if I orient from that place of deep listening and openness and curiosity and give me more data, then there's no way that's a waste of time because now I'm, I'm even clearer on, okay, who should I talk to next? And they're, and they're either going to go further or they're not. And either way, like they've had a wonderful experience and what a gift to give someone else to really listen to them. That's not something that's part of our underbelly is man, we are not as a society right now. That is a hard ass thing for most of us to do to really listen to someone else. Here's the other thing I noticed about that. Um, People pick up when you 
are there for their highest good. Like they just know it. And honestly, when you operate again, whether you do this practice or some other way to get at it, right. I'm just going to call it everybody wins channel. And if you're operating from that, you're not just operating for their highest good. You're operating for everybody's highest good. That's really, I mean, that is just so beautiful to be around, right? You can feel it when you're around people like that. Um, There's way less agenda there. You know, there's probably not any kind of weird manipulation. I mean, it's just a lot of those games fall away. And I want to just say something about that. Um, When you do this particular practice, you need to make a decision every day about what generosity means to you. Um, And I I don't mean to be critical, but I I do know it's easy to get into a place of, I just want to help people. I just want to, you know, like sort of general, um, general intentions. And, um, and those are really, I'm going to call them pretty, but not always powerful. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, I just, I want to be a good person. I want to, that's nice. But I also want to see, I want to see you make a choice like this, this practice, somehow this feels really powerful. You need to stay open to, to what your generosity looks and feels like every day. Cause it evolves, you evolve every day. So it evolves every day. And again, it's asking you to stay open. You can't just decide, well, I'm a good person and then go off into the wild blue yonder and everything's going to be great. Like, no, this asks you to be humble Mm -hmm. and open every single day. Some, Mm -hmm. I'm not quite languaging it right, but something in there, it it just sort of brings out agency, right? It asks you to have agency while also being humble to what your generosity is Mm -hmm. at every new moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what I'm getting, I'm getting a few things as you share that. And maybe I can sort of let you know what I'm getting and see if we can really stick the landing on what you're sharing. One is that the more specific you are about what it is you want to offer people, the the more power that has to give you that grounded, expansive, connected feeling. It's like actually just saying, like, I want to help everyone. There's a bit of a like a part of you is going to go like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to, I have to respond to every email right away. And I have to say yes to every request that everyone makes of me. And I have, and it's sort of like, it sort of actually puts you at risk back in that, like that burnout space of like, you just now, you, now you're doing a productive robot version of generosity. That's just kind of very unfocused. So it's like an invitation to specificity, but then there's also in the practice, an invitation to, to creativity right? Like it doesn't just have to be like, okay, I need to, okay, got it, Andy. I got it, Christine. I need to be more specific. So I'm going to, I'm going to send a nice email to every person in my, in my networks. Like, okay, that could be cool. But, but what if you could do something really creative in your heart, like uh, invite every one of your clients to come sit with you under the shade of a beautiful tree and, and drink and drink water from a pure stream. It's like, oh, wow. That's, that's one of the things, one, one time in a practice that came up, it was like, I can actually picture the tree, I can picture the river, I can picture the people I invited to come sit with me, I can picture how it felt to drink the water. And right, like that, that was very specific, but also really creative. And it was really clear, like metaphorically and literally, what that might mean. It's like, okay, one thing that I do is just give people in my work, I give people some space, some shade, some space to sit and think and nourish themselves. 
Beautiful. So that's one, that's one way now I can think about what I'm doing in my work. And I just think well, that's somebody, really powerful. Somebody might be asking like, okay, let's say I give out stuff. So I'm going to just give you examples of things people have given out. So, yeah. you know, you have this come, come under the shade with under the tree. Like that's so clear. Um, then there's some of my favorite gifts I've ever heard people give out are things like a little Christmas bell that, um, you know, she, she visualized it on a winter field. And every time it would ring, it would bring that peace, um, peace of, well, I guess Christmas can be insane, but there are aspects of that time that, you know, I think of Advent and other, you know, aspects of that. Yeah. It's like, it just feels like total peace. Um, my favorite gift to give out or one of my standbys is a cup of green tea, because mm. if I give it to someone, it always feels like we're going to have true communication. Like we're mm. just going to calm down out of all of our identities and agendas. And we're just going to really listen to each other. Mm. So a cup of green tea is that for me? I've heard people, um, another uh, woman, it was like February or March and it was really, really cold. And she was giving out little bubbles of sunlight. You know, it would sort of, as soon as it reached someone, it would pop and they would have the warmth of the sun on their face, like getting really creative and playful and all that stuff. So then you ask yourself, well, if I'm giving out these gifts, am I supposed to go out and actually give stuff like that? Like how literal is this and how does it affect my life every day? And this is the magic of doing certain things. When I first started teaching this, I had no idea how people were going to take this and run with it and how it would affect their lives. So um, all I can tell you is that when people land their awesome gift of the day, it changes them. And, you know, me too. And I'm sure you, you've seen this too. And there's this knowing that opens up like that intuitive zone that I was speaking to. And so many people worry that like, I, I don't know what to do with this. This feels so far away from the rest of life. And I'm here to assure you <laughs> that like, Everyone has basically come back to me and been like, all right, this, just doing this, I don't know why it works, but like for you, Andy, giving out that the shade under a tree, I can say from going to your group uh, events um, that I feel that way when I'm there on a Zoom conference with people all over the place Mm -hmm. and it's through a screen and a lot of people might say, boy, it's you know, it's very disconnecting to be on a screen and, but I feel like I'm under a tree with you. Mm. And if you hadn't done that and created that intention, right? Like, yes, I I don't know what to say other than go with it, have fun with it. And you will know what's next. Yeah. Right. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, There's so much more. I, I wish, I wish we could like have the heart math data you're alluding to earlier, but like, I can just I can just tell you that that physiologically, chemically, psychologically, when you land in that place, you're connected to life and you're sharing something that's either metaphorical or quote unquote literal, like just in your heart, in your mind's eye, when you are in that space, the energy and the physicality of your body shifts and the, and the sort of way that you meet someone shifts. And that shift creates so much more space for creative co-discovery with someone. It's like now when I'm when I'm with a group, put me in front of a group of 50 people. 
And it might not be like that quote unquote end result might not be perfect. I'm sure some of those 50 people might be like, oh, I wish he said this, or I wish he did that or whatever, but there's just no, I have no fear around that because I'm showing up with an intention, for instance, to give everyone space under that tree to just be with each other. And, and then if in the moment someone says, or, or if after the meeting, someone says, let's do this, or let's try that. Or what about this? If anyone kind of pushes or asks, or there's just a sense of like, okay, let's dance. Let's play with this. What if we do this? Right. And there's, um, it's just awesome <laughs> for the, the me five years ago would have been like really fucking stressed about managing everyone's needs. And instead I'm just like, I'm here to give you space to manage your own needs. And that is powerful. And yeah. the generosity practice has helped amplify that a lot. So thank you. You can imagine how this translates. Here's another pleasant surprise I discovered. How, what you're just talking about, right? That sort of, hey, everyone has space to figure out their own needs and meet them. When you're in a sales negotiation, like this was a big moment for me when somebody that I work with at the very beginning of all this said to me, I am so much better in a meeting where thousands of dollars are on the table and I'm sitting there hoping to get the business. But because I did this generosity practice work, I hooked into that everybody wins way of being. I I could just sort of be quiet and listen to the people across the table and either they needed me or they didn't. And it was really easy for me to just say, you need me. And, and then it's just very easy for them to say, you're right. Let's write mm-hmm. a check. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was just like, she was just giving them space to like really figure out what they needed from her. And it turned out in that situation, she could actually meet those needs. And so what's, there's no reason for a song and dance. It's just, what's the need and can I meet it? The end. And she went on to make, you know, a lot of money from that situation. But we think we have to be in that place. I mean, she used to be in like mild desperation, like sweating, Mm. hoping to get, Mm. you can't listen when you're like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So (laughs) awesome. I want to, so I really want to make sure before we wrap up, and I think we might have maybe 15 minutes left or so, uh, We've been talking a lot about this, and and if you're up for it at the end, I'd love to give people a, uh, at least a taste of it experientially. Um, I don't, I'm not quite there yet. I think there's a few more things I want to talk to you about, but would that be cool if maybe in, in about 10 or 15 minutes, we you lead us through a little meditation for anyone who's listening? Okay. Yeah, awesome. One thing I want to talk about, because we're in a really like, you know, I, I feel like maybe your friend has sent us a bubble of sunshine this morning, right? Like we're in this like, yeah, it's so like everybody wins and you just, right? And like, there's sort of this sense of like, now every interaction you have is going to be so beautiful and perfect. But but like part of it is is really, I want to acknowledge that that there is just a human element of there still might be a part of us that 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 does want to get the, the client or that doesn't want to get rejected or that wishes things were quote unquote more perfect. And it's not like all of that goes anywhere, but rather that we build a different kind of relationship with those parts of ourselves and invite them into a new possibility of like, maybe we could, maybe this could be different. And so one thing that I know you and I both care a lot about is like, there are times when we are anxious or we do have a difficult conversation or someone does say no to us. And, 
or we get an, uh, you know, we get an email or a phone call that we didn't want to get. And the thing I'm noticing both with a generosity practice and just more generally is if I can relate to those moments in a different way without taking it quite so personally, without having it be a commentary on my worth, but rather an invitation into deeper curiosity about myself and about how I relate to the world. Mm -hmm. It's just like, there's just everything becomes, everything has the possibility of teaching us something. And I just like want to hear you say more about how you work with those moments where you've done your generosity practice and you feel great. And then like you get a, a phone call with some shitty news or <laughs> some, you see, you see something on TV that really bums you out or what, or, or something like arguably pretty terrible happens. You lose a client or, or whatever it is. Like, how are you relating to those moments of, of inevitable friction and loss and letdown that we're all going to encounter as we do this work? Sure. So one of the things that I'm aware of with any kind of personal development work is it's not about, this took me a long time to come to, it's not about, oh my gosh, because I do this, these practices, I'm no longer going to have the issues I used to have. (laughs) (laughs) And I realized, I remember the moment where this really became obvious to me. It's not about making all that go away. It's about an increased capacity to handle it. And in fact, you can handle a lot more. So look out, not that you're going to create disaster, but it's just like, bring it on, you know, like you can have that attitude of just bring it on. Cause I got this right. So if something comes in that is really unsettling, then my response to that is, well, I do a few different things. I definitely try to widen the circle. I mean, that's like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things in life. Cause I feel like when things are tough, we tend to isolate like our Mm. natural knee jerk thing is like, well, I can't control this. So let me just go and, you know, stay in my tiny bubble. And, but I, I try to like reach out and, you know, to my trusted colleagues and get, get insights and, different perspectives and stuff like that. But then with practices like inner practices, it's just time to, I mean, when I have the energy to do it, I'm I'm just saying we're all human. And there are days where we're just like not up for this, but when you can sit down and just start to, you know, for me, I sit down on the couch and just get at it. Right. Like I remember when I first, uh, right before I started teaching, this was 2014. um, It was quite a, a scary moment of like, I have no idea where money's coming from. And my life is just, I don't know where I'm headed. Like everything was up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if this happens to you, Andy, there's a lot of days where it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to let life beat me. But then there are moments where I, I just have this attitude of like, oh, hell no. And <laughs> I am going to like, I'm just going to do this practice until you know, life is my bitch. I know that's a weird way to say it, but it's like, (laughs) I am in, I am doing this until I get where I want to go. Mm. Um, And I guess that's the devotion piece, right? Like Mm. just I'm in it to win it or whatever all the cliches are. But I remember that like eight hours I was on an airplane or nine hours. And um, I, I did my practice for the entire nine hours. And when I got back, I knew exactly who to call. Like I just knew exactly what my next steps were. And the whole time I was like meeting my terror one moment at a time, just like Mm. terror, more terror, panic. And I've been in those situations before and it actually totally destroyed my health um, for years. Mm. And so this was a moment where it's like, that is never happening again. I'm going to use this practice for all it's worth. And um, so 
I don't know how to help somebody who is, I don't know what, what gets you to say, hell no. I think sometimes when we've been through the pain enough and we just decide I'm making a different choice. And I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Like what brings us to that gumption place, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if I thought about that. I guess we have a lot on the line, but yeah. Yeah. When the stakes are high, right? That's a great insight. When we have a lot on the line, that is a certain kind of motivation. Um, Yeah. I mean, the sort of, the sort of obvious, but short answer is it's different for everyone. And then there's a, hmm, there's a, there's a, a process of really learning to trust. There's a process I went through. I'll speak for myself. And I think I've seen this be true for a lot of my clients too, of really learning to trust myself and really learning over a period of time, how to anchor more quickly in that self-trust. Even when I wake up and I feel shitty or I, you know, get a no, or, uh, I mean, I, I just remember March, whatever it was, March 9th, when, when the sort of looming threat of this pandemic kind of came into everyone's collective consciousness here in the States, right? Like it was a sort of far away thing until it wasn't. My wife was pregnant at the time. We have a two and a half year old, now two and a half year old daughter. She was, uh, you know, about two. And I just was like, I was awake all night. My body was just like having this intense physiological response to what if my wife gets sick? What if, what if the baby in her belly gets sick? What if my two-year-old daughter gets sick? What if my, what if my aging parents get sick, right? There's so many unknowns at that point. And it was hard. It was a really hard night. I didn't get any sleep. So what, so when I quote unquote woke up the next day, which wasn't me waking up, it was actually, I, this, I cannot live like this. Maybe, maybe something terrible has happened, but I know I can't live like this. So that was my moment of like, I'm going to, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to just like, let my body feel what it has to feel. I'm going to let the fear be here and I'm going to widen the circle so that the fear is not running the show. And of course I had over a period of years, like the other piece here was like, oh, this is what I've been training for. This is what I have spent the past decade, like reading philosophy and doing mindfulness and practicing yoga and you know, like just all of the doing coach training, all that stuff. I was like, oh, actually, this is it. This is a, this moment is revealing truth about the nature of life, which is there's so much outside of our control. Yep. But we all have the capacity within us for as long as our hearts are beating and our breath is breathing, which can be a huge privilege. We see that now, how privileged that is. We have the ability to choose how we relate to the, to that reality uh, and and so that like that capacity to trust ourselves that we can handle this is so, so powerful. And it's something that I try and anchor in every day. And, and there are sort of like sort of days with, where I wake up with, with the small ang- a anxiety, like oh, I just feel kind of crummy today. And then there's just a conversation to have around. That's okay. I'm allowed to feel crummy. It's okay to feel crummy but I still know what I care about. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go spend time with my family. I'm going to go spend time with my business. I'm going to go spend time with my clients because I've made that commitment. And then the next day, like, and then, and then that this too shall pass. And the same, some days I wake up with anxiety with a big A, like, fuck, what's going to happen on November 3rd. Fuck. Like, like there's just those big moments. That's okay. 
let's let's do the work we know that works let's let's ground back down so it's just that's my long way of saying we all have so much more capacity than we give ourselves credit for and the invitation in those moments of intensity is to actually discover that to actually really discover and feel that we can hold more and carry more and survive more than most of us have maybe ever been asked to. And when we start to realize how much capacity we have, that's like the upside that emerges. Wow, we have so much creativity too. There's so many things we could be doing. So it's just like anchoring and self-trust is the headline for me whenever things get hairy. Yeah. 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 And again, sometimes, you know, the, the belief is, oh my gosh, when I'm freaking out, you know, I, I should be able to close my eyes, meditate and come to total inner peace. And I think that's what I want to call BS on. Yeah. Uh, uh-uh, Not going to happen, but here's what will your body. Now your nervous system is used to like coming back. It's just used to grounding. It's used to feeling safe. So whatever you're going through, you have a higher capacity to handle it and you will come back to safety faster. You'll come back to grounding faster. Have, you know, again, I love that you talk about permission to feel it all, right? And that's not going to be a grounded, lovely time. No, no. Like, no. Right? Like, I think sometimes people think meditation is a button you push so that you don't have to feel all that Mm. stuff. And I'm Mm. No, no. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's just the opposite, actually. It's about I remember my I was working with a coach a couple of years ago, and she just gave me this wonderful in- invitation. She said, she said, Andy, you need to learn how to let things in more. And I was out for a walk the next day with my daughter, who was, you know, at that point, like maybe six months old, maybe younger. And uh there's a parent, anyone who's a parent can re- relate to like these parts of us that just imagine all of these worst case, uh, like there's a whole new world of like, Oh shit, there's this totally helpless life. And like, Oh, that could go wrong. That could go wrong. You know, like they're so fragile. And it was like that. So I was just having encountering some parental fears and I was trying to like kind of contain them. And so I was feeling this kind of c- contraction in my belly. And I just remembered my coach's invitation, let it in. And so I just really, I was like, had this moment where it's like, what would it feel like if I just let this energy go to every part of my body? And yeah. so I tried that. And, and lo and behold, suddenly it was like this diffusion of what I might've called, what I might've described as anxiety just kind of spread to every, I could like feel my fingers vibrating. I could feel my head vibrating. And it was just like, and I realized that what I had done in that moment was give my whole body permission to hold the fear that I was currently trying to kind of cramp in my gut. And, and so I just, just, that was like a moment of, of discovery that you just described that actually my body can handle it. And the more I give it space to handle it, the more, the better it gets at handling it. And so there's this beautiful thing that the, the more we can feel the tragedies of life, like the more we can let ourselves grieve, the more we can let ourselves be afraid and, and stay in the game, the more we actually also have the capacity to feel beauty to encounter wonder, to encounter joy. It's like, it's the whole range. If you try and keep fear away, you're also keeping joy away. That's a big learning that I've really come to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that capacity is something that your generosity practice invites people into. 
And, and as we come down the home stretch, this feels, I guess I'll ask you if there's anything else you want to share, but this feels like a really nice moment to land well, on. If you're listening to this, you might be wondering, and she's a marketing coach? Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So just know that if you go to innatemarketinggenius.com, just innatemarketinggenius.com, a really good step into this work, which brings in all the generosity practice juju, is just to go to that website and take the assessment because yeah. that's going to help you understand something about how you're going to market and bring all of that love and care and devotion, um, depending on what your innate marketing genius type is. So I'll just sort of offer that invitation. Um, it's free of charge. It takes about 10 minutes and, um, yeah, it's just a good step. And, you know, we could have an entire two hour discussion about all that work. Generosity practice was the beginning of where an innate marketing genius came out of it all. Mm. Curious, and that's calling to you. Just go take the assessment. Reach out to me. We'll chat. You know, yeah. enjoy. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say real quick on that note. Like you've d- you've identified five of these wonderful archetypes uh, that that all people have have some at least one of them in them, right? Like, and so you helped me identify that I am a door opener. That that my natural way of helping people is to open doors of possibility. And to let them peer through and let them decide if they're going to come through. And, and naming that innate genius has helped, actually helped me in so many ways. One of the ways it's helped me just as an, as an aside is it's helped me let go of, it's not my job to push anyone through the door, actually. That was a really great moment of like, oh, because there was a time in the past when it was like, oh, check this out. And someone would be like, nah, nah, that's not, but I just opened this cool door. You, you don't see that? Like, oh no, it's just like they, I just need to keep opening doors. And then when people see themselves walking through one, now they can. And I was like, oh, what a great reframe. So you have all of these wonderful archetypes. It is totally worthwhile to do that assessment. It's a great, it's a great jumping off point for all of this magical, wonderful stuff that we've been talking about for the past hour. So I'm glad you flagged that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christina, I feel really psyched. One thing I'm checking in on whenever I do these interviews is do I feel grounded and expansive to use your language? And I do like, I just feel really grateful that our paths have crossed and grateful for all that you do for the communities that you're a part of and the clients that you serve and your commitment to like a world where everybody wins. So I, I see your care and consistency and devotion and everything that you do. And I just really want to celebrate you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Where's, so maybe, my, where's my birthday hat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll get, I'll give you one in my next generosity practice. I'll send you a birthday hat. <laughs> so yeah, maybe we can just, just land the plane today with, uh, with you leading us through whatever you feel called to lead us through for the next. I don't know, yeah. So I was, so I was sort of pondering this, um, on Insight Timer, I have a few generosity practice-ish meditations. Yeah. If somebody's you know curious about all this, and the big one is the compassion bench, and that's where you know you sit and you meet somebody that you're not in a good understanding place with, and then you <laughs> you can kind of create a place to understand, even just on the ether. But today, what I'd love to do is walk you and anyone listening to a bench of joy. Mm. And I think that's Mm. just a nice way to enter into this work, a bench of joy 
so that you can be with somebody you adore and then make an offering. So we'll play with that. That sounds awesome. Great. All right. I'm in your hands. (laughs) All right. So go ahead and close your eyes. Settle into where you are. And notice your breath. No need to change it. Just notice your inhale and your exhale. And appreciate for a moment your own capacity to go places when you have your eyes closed. And notice that there now is a summer field in front of you. This is your small adventure today. So just notice that summer field where it's late in the afternoon. So there's kind of an orange glow. The grasses are tall. And you notice a few flowers. And things are sort of overgrown by now. And at the edge of this field, there is a bench. And you see a little path that leads you right to the bench. And as you zig and zag through the tall grasses, there's a quiet that settles over you. And you just notice the summer air, you smell it as you keep wandering over and find your spot on the bench. There are overgrown blackberries kind of crowding the edges of this bench. And then you settle onto it, making a little space for somebody to meet you there. And you allow the sun of the afternoon to just warm your face for a moment. And you listen to a couple of sounds, perhaps crickets or birds or wind. Notice what you notice. And you are now ready to have somebody join you. Somebody who you feel very connected to and you are so glad they're in your life. They are a blessing to you. And now they're coming towards you. And they settle in next to you 
on the bench. And if you need to pause this to just sort of land on one person, because sometimes a couple people show up, that's all right. Keep breathing. But just let them be there as you appreciate them quietly. And there's something that would truly delight you to give them. So you just sort of tune in to how they are. And as you tune in to how they are and your connection to them, you might notice that there's something that would really just feel like a wonderful gift to offer them. And it might surprise you. It could be simple, like a hug. Might be something magical, like sparkly stars that you sprinkle all over them. It could be something funny, like an animal with funny teeth. Who knows? But just give yourself the space to just listen and watch as something delightful reveals itself to you. And allow yourself to be even more joyful, let's say 10% more joyful than you might otherwise be. (laughs) That this is going to be fun. There's nothing to solve or change here. And now when you're ready, again, just feel that sun on your face and notice your appreciation for that person and offer them what you have to offer them. And allow yourself to be present through the whole thing. Notice them. Notice your own heart, what it might be experiencing. Notice your own imagination, the place where you are might have shifted a little bit. And anything else that wants to come through. And at some point, this will feel complete. And again, check in with yourself. How has it been to experience this joyful generosity? You can allow that loving being to be on their way and let them go. 
And you can open your eyes when you're ready. Thank you, Christina. Yeah. Do you want to share any of the details? I'm always curious what people see. I know. Yeah, it's hard not to be. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, hmm, this, uh, all the details could take like another 10 minutes, uh, yeah. but let's see. So I appreciated your invitation to have someone who I really care about and just really love join me on the bench. And, and so in this case, it was my wife. Mm-hmm. And, and right now as parents of two with, with my business kind of just going full speed and two kids, it's not like any, when you have a second kid for anyone who's, who is a parent of one or thinking about becoming parents, it's not just like a, doubling of work there's like an exponential increase in work and uh my wife is both like her strength and challenges when to care for herself because she will just pour herself into our kids and it's beautiful and i'm aware of that challenge and so it's just like inviting her us to be together because she and i in the past six months have not got as much time because there's just so much happening so like give ourselves space to be together which was just awesome to just like look at each other in the eyes. And I'm going to go after this phone call and just go up and give her a big hug and let her know how much I love her. But then also our kids were there. And so then the next gift I gave her was to just like, like put the the carrier with our son on my body and have him be on my body and take my daughter's hand and just like give her permission to walk through this summer field that you're in and just go explore and just say like, it's going to be fine. I've got them. And then the last piece is I've been doing a lot of work over the years. Um, I don't really have a word for it. And this is in, this starts to get into the sort of quote unquote woo woo territory, but I, I have encountered something that I, I guess the word I have for it is something I call source energy. Mm-hmm. Like there's a way in which we are all like waves on an ocean. We think that we're the wave and that's all there is, but actually the wave is just part of a massive ocean and, and, and connecting to that energy and letting it come through and really letting it fully express in the waveform that is me or that is you. And so I just, I just like gave her my doorway into that to say, if you want to experience this right now, this is how I experience it. And, and I want to let you connect to that. And so it was just sort of this like, wonderful unfolding of giving her space to totally let down some of her responsibilities and really connect to her own unique waveform in this life and be nourished by that. So it's just awesome. And I feel really nourished having done that. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Christina, deep, deep bow of gratitude. I'm so grateful our paths have crossed. I can't wait to see where the journey ahead goes in the in the weeks and months and years ahead but uh i'm just really really inspired by you and glad that i got to share a bit of what you do with with my listeners yeah and you bless my life in all kinds of ways so thank Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. thanks thanks for tuning in to the wonder dome this podcast was produced by me andy cahill with support from kelly serqua and audio editing services from john nolan at middle mountain studios The theme song was written and performed by Todd Marston. You can find the Wonder Dome wherever pods are casted. If you dig what we're doing here, please share widely, subscribe, 
and give us some love in the review boards. And if you feel called to support this humble offering to the world, while also making an even greater impact in the lives of others, consider becoming a monthly supporter. Not only will you help me keep the lights on and keep the show going for as long as I'm able, but 30% of all member contributions go directly in support of causes like the Black Lives Matter movement, the United Nations Refugee Agency, and the National Resources Defense Council. You can find out more at my website, mindfulcreative.coach, where you can also sign up for my newsletter, learn about my transformational coaching work, and get plugged into exclusive offers and community happenings. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a life of purpose, power, and presence. We need you now, more than ever.